Hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, David, it's going fantastic. I'm sitting up here in northern Alberta. We got snow on the ground. We got ice. Uh, you know, it's uh, time to put up the Christmas lights, and I'm a little bit worried about climbing the ladder. And, you know, <laughs> it's that time of year, David. How's, how's the snow down there in Florida? The snow down here in Florida is great. It's perfect snow weather. The snow beaches are beautiful. Can't complain about the, the snow down here. Yeah, well, maybe one day we'll be Florida-esque uh, if global warming ever starts picking up here. Yeah, I was just talking with a friend about that, about, uh, you know, give it 10 years and you'll have nice weather in Canada again. Or Let's again. Hope. Let us hope. Um, so <laughs> today I want to talk about a specific aspect of libertarianism. So I'm reading more objectivist uh, essays and these sorts of things. And one of the essays in Voice of Reason is called Libertarianism, the Perversion of Liberty. And it's, I mean, it's a condensation from a series of articles written by Peter Schwartz in The Intellectual Activist. In the book, it's about 20 pages long. And it um, fundamentally, so it basically argues that libertarianism cannot work, anarcho-capitalism cannot work, and that the libertarian movement, at least in the US, but I would assume it parallels the one in Canada, um, <clears throat> seems to be kind of pragmatic that like, oh, all we care about is achieving liberty. So it doesn't matter how people want to achieve liberty or what their other values are, as long as they're pro-liberty. And so the one of the most fundamental issues it uh, highlights, and I want to know your thoughts on specifically, is what do you consider or and or what does libertarianism consider moral? Because it basically says that libertarianism as such has no moral grounds, has no moral values. Um, and that's why, you know, you have a bunch of people with different um, goals and different values under libertarianism and that libertarianism liberty is not an end in itself. Right. So if someone wants liberty yeah. to do something that is wrong, uh, that's there is still something that is wrong. And so it doesn't actually provide guidance right. to anyone and, and this lack of underlying yeah. philosophy. And the other aspect that comes to mind is like it's very similar. What this essay seems to argue seems to parallel the problems that libertarians and objectivists have with conservatives defending capitalism. So it's that, you know, they're defending capitalism as if it's, you know, a social good, not for the fundamental reasons why capitalism is like the only moral system. Um, and so by defending it the wrong way, they're actually subverting it. And so it seems to be arguing that libertarianism does the same thing for liberty. They're defending it as an end in itself rather than, you know, the political uh, ends of the proper morality and, and epistemology uh, as well, but more specifically morality. So I, that's the current way I'm thinking about it. So I want to know your thoughts mostly about, um, you know, any morality or, or how you view morality within libertarianism. Right. That's a good question. I, I think I think the author kind of has a point there in that, um, you know, libertarianism is kind of like atheism, right? It's, it's just we don't believe in uh, extraordinary claims, right? So I approach it from an attitudinal disposition of skepticism, which is to say, um, no, you don't have the right to infringe my body, my property. Like y y there's no evidence that you have that right. That's clearly immoral, right? So it it's more about pointing out what is immoral. 
So it says, listen, okay, an atheist says you shouldn't believe in God because there's no evidence, there's no, it, it doesn't comport with logic, all these other things. Uh, but what you should do now in the, in the void of that belief, once you've disabused yourself of that belief, I have nothing to say about as an atheist, right? I don't know what the answer is for you to live a good life. I just know that, you know, believing in imaginary men in the sky is not that answer right and 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 believing that you can initiate force and violate my property and my body um that is uh that is both immoral and it is uh um you know it, it's immoral and it's and it doesn't work either right so so yeah. what we have you know so what's left and it's funny because someone made this comment on the facebook page and, and this objectivist ryan cooney i talked to i, I think uh, last week um, you know, he, he, this commenter said, there's no such thing as rights. Like you can't abstract rights. There's no, no things called rights. And in a sense, I, I mean, he's kind of right. I mean, we, we like to differentiate negative rights from positive rights or something like that. Uh, and say, look, you can, you can cut down almost any right someone claims, like the right to health care, the right to a minimum wage, the right to eminent domain or uh, expropriation, the right to like all these rights that government claims it has uh, can be shut down just on the face of it logically because it can't be applied universally. They're self-detonating. Like we can't all have those rights at the same time. And mm -hmm. if clearly if we can't have rights, then you know, if a right is a universal obligation, we can't all have those same universal obligations because someone has to be a on the receiving end while someone else has to be on the giving end of those rights. We can't yeah. all receive them at the same time. Right. And so whatever. So if you strip away all those rights that people claim, what you're left with is essentially I have my property and myself and I can control them. Now you can call that a property, right? Maybe, maybe the commenter was right that calling property rights a right is a clunky way of saying that everyone else doesn't have the right to touch this stuff that I've appropriated from nature or uh, uh, obtained peacefully through trade or something like that. Right. So maybe it's wrong to call that a right, but so, but you know, so to me, libertarianism is kind of what exists when you strip away all irrational, illogical, uh, extraordinary claims, uh, moral claims, right? And and then you're right. It, it doesn't say, well, what ought you to do now that no one's touching your property and and um, yourself? Uh, you, you know, that still <laughs> doesn't necessarily promote life. It just prom it just uh, uh, pushes back against non-life or something like that, right? So now I have to take positive actions in the world to get food, to provide value to others, to be a, a good person to my family and, and myself. Um, and libertarianism has nothing to say about that really, which is, is true. It's one of its weaknesses and it's one of the reasons why I'm trying to correct that by talking about personal responsibility more and more and and the positive virtues we can have as individuals, right? So, so but, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm always skeptical of people then that can claim that they know what I ought to do. Like at most, I think we can say I ought not to infringe on other people. Uh, but I'm not but, sure someone can make a dogmatic claim about what I ought to do in this world. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I think I my mind caught to four different points, but let's start with the most recent one. Um, 
you say someone shouldn't say what you ought to do. What about you ought to be honest? But like, because I think it's not prescriptive, like in every possible situation, you have to tell right. the truth, right? It's but it's um, you can't you shouldn't fake reality is the way objectivism puts it. Yeah, because to the the biggest problem I see with that is it actually in terms of spreading liberty and, and, and it's a pragmatic argument is, you know, it's hard to get people to, for lack of a better term, convert to something that doesn't provide them a goal. Right. To, mm -hmm. So libertarianism without saying what they should be doing, why this is good, what this accomplishes and, and offering them a vision, like it doesn't attract people to the movement. Right. No. And no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. You're, you're right. You can make like I, I uh, you 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 can make claims about um, positive virtues. Right. And, that, and that's actually what I do. You know, and one of the challenges that I'm trying to make, you know, in the last in the video I did last week with Manuel Pasquale about um, uh, incels, men going their own way and pickup artists. I talk about all these lost boys who are stuck in the underworld. Now, these guys aren't hurting anyone. They're kind of going their own way. They're leaving everyone alone. But they I, I would not say they're living the good life. Right. They, they right. aren't. Uh, and my goal here is to help them out of that underworld. And there are there are positive steps they can take that I think you can apply generally uh to to help people get out of out of those situations right and and part of that is um disabusing oneself of a victim mentality uh thinking in terms of uh taking on responsibility and providing value to the world and becoming more competent as a person uh in in different skill sets and domains and those have positive um positive unintended consequences you know when i started adopting this mindset i, I had no idea it was going to lead me to the place i am now where i, I have all this opportunity to speak around the world do podcasts with people um you know be be uh, a leader of a federal party um you know have the opportunity to elevate my career even i thought i was going to kill my career i was ready to trade my career away to do what i found meaningful but yet my career has flourished because I've adopted this mindset. So I think, and, and none of these things were planned or intended with me adopting that mindset, right? So, so I didn't have this, these ends in mind when I adopted the means I did of adopting a kind of a positive frame of, um, self, uh, self-responsibility, self-discipline and, and stripping away all the, the things that weren't providing meaning to my life and focusing and nurturing those things that do provide meaning to my life. So all those things have helped me get to this place and I want to help other people do that. So I, and, and libertarianism in and of itself has nothing to say about what I just talked about there. Right. And so that's where I struggle to make the connection, right? Like, so this is the brand of Tim Moen, let's say, right. And yeah. the lessons you've learned, but then it's, it could be vastly different from people who have, you know, other goals. And, and so wouldn't your values and what you find meaningful be in potentially direct conflict with other libertarians, right? And so, like, they should be, like, libertarianism is essentially they should be free to do what they want, you should be free yep. to do what you want. But what happens when that's, like, a fundamentally different view of the world? And, like... The yeah. other thing is, well, especially and, and, if you're trying to organize, but the other thing is also like objectivism's objection seems to be that at a fundamental level, 
like even if you're not having exact conflicts you know in the day to day a lot of their viewpoints could be a fundamentally wrong view of the world right a wrong view of uh metaphysics of epistemology and so it will tend towards just like larger scale problems down the road um and there's no like system of thinking it's just everyone's trying to figure it out on their own so how do you actually unite that and provide value to people it, like or else it's just you know, this is what you happen to have collected. And I think you're mostly on the right path, right? Like you mostly have right. it all together. But I don't think that seems to be the case for a lot of other libertarians, let's say. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there there are libertarians who want liberty, freedom to be libertines, right? Uh, to, to embrace hedonism and that sort of thing. And I think that's... Um, it's not a pathway I think leads to flourishing, or at least the kind of flourishing I think is ob objectively uh, rational, or something like that. Um, and, and and yeah, libertarianism in and of itself has nothing to say with it. It's a political philosophy, you know. I think more than anything else, there's there's thin and thick libertarianism, and thin libertarianism is kind of the the branch I subscribe to, which is. Um, the you know really these principles were uh, we're only talking about claims around the use of force we're not making any claims outside that and when is it moral and immoral to use force and i think libertarian is pretty rock solid on that it, it's basically the same as objectivism um now beyond that you know some people like to think that okay we can apply libertarianism more Thickly, like we can talk about flattening organizations and that maybe we shouldn't have um, these pseudo power structures and organizations where there's top down control and that sort of thing. And, and I think, you know, maybe there's something there. I'm not entirely convinced. I mean, I did do a graduate thesis on um, self-organizing systems and how we can view leadership through kind of a pseudo libertarian lens in that you know, the best leaders in the fire service tend to be people that see themselves as servant leaders who are there to to be coordinators, to provide information that guys doing task level things actually need. And so they're actually, in, in effect, serving the organization rather than controlling the organization by viewing their men on the fire ground as pawns to be moved around as extensions of their will rather than rational free thinking individuals who you want to act autonomously on the fire scene but in coordination with the rest of the team yeah. and so i think there there's that that is so i I've, I've found it helpful to apply the libertarian lens to other domains right and and particularly i mean the, the biggest help for me was in parenting, for example, you know, here, here I preach the non-initiation of force and respecting and not imposing my will on others. And so, here I was using force on my kids. Right. And, but, but here I'll say again, yeah, it, it, like just taking force off the table in the family did not create flourishing in the family. It didn't create right. better behavior in my kids. It took me a year to figure out I actually had to provide positive value here. I had to do things that maybe an entrepreneur would do. I had to look at 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 uh, my services as a parent through the lens of my kids and see how, I how my actions were contributing to the very behaviors I saw in those kids. So I had to show up and, and meet their needs and, in a way and get down at eye level and empathize with them and, and and understand their perspective, understand my customer better, and then I was able to. So 
and and uh, you know, I don't think libertarian like viewing it through the lens of libertarian that was just a start, but it didn't right. help me get to and where so I then to be. that again, that's a lot of you know what you've come to determine is best yep. for your life, and you know applying rational thought and and actually being honest about thinking about these things. But that's not what the school of thought broadly offers, right? It, it, and it seems unconcerned with that, with yep. figuring out these answers as a movement. It's just liberty is important and do whatever you want with it. And so, I mean, I think you know pulling in the issue of 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 morality again it's you know objectivism says that morality is the base of why liberty is important and so without having that and just saying liberty is important you know as an end in itself that doesn't provide any guidance and so it does in my mind parallel you know people who argue capitalism is just important as an end in itself right whereas it's actually important because it's the it it is what comes about when you have people working as traders and these sorts of things so i understand that how you've managed to use a starting point of libertarianism uh to very conscientiously adapt your life um but i'm still having uh you know a problem with the movement as such and and why it actually is valuable and you know I, I don't think it will be able to accomplish accomplish things because it's, you know, a bunch of people who have very different views of what's important in life, but saying like, oh, you should just be able to do whatever you want, even if I think it's horribly wrong and immoral, as long as you don't attack me, right? So it's hard to unite if people, I mean, they have that right, but it's hard to unite under a tent. It's hard to move forward yeah. and attract people when, yeah, I think... And I mean, objectivism even has this problem, but I think it's less in the long term will be less pronounced because there is a, a you know a school of thought that you can point to, and if people and you can argue about someone's actions in relation to that. But if you are the leader, and I think, oh wow, Tim Moen, he's a good uh, good man, a good husband. I want to be like him. I should be yeah. a libertarian. And then there's a dozen other libertarians who have every valid, every valid, every part of validity um to say yeah they're libertarians too and like and that's yeah. what they represent and they you know they proudly shoot up heroin and prostitute themselves right. and these sorts of things it's they have the right to do that but uh it shouldn't be uh you know they hold it up as if it's good and that's the problem right, right? yeah and that, and that's fair and i mean you know i <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, like I, I kind of see the same thing in objectivist camps as well, right? Like, you know, that they're, they're like Ayn Rand herself wasn't any kind of panacea of of attractiveness of what the kind of life I would want to live, right? I mean, she her her personal relationship seemed pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, inflammatory. You know, there was infidelity and weird things going on and like you know I, I don't think she ever had any kids or anything like that i would argue that seems to me like you know a biological imperative almost if, for a good life if you're able to um so so i i mean i like i'm, I'm not sure that that um you know objectivists have it figured out either necessarily right and, and even nathaniel brandon um 
you know, I, I liked a lot of his work in psychology, but, you know, I've also seen some pretty solid refutations of his work on self-esteem and, um, you know, so, so I'm not sure that, that there's clear cut answers just yet about what a good life is. I, I think, but I think the starting point always has to be, um, with the underlying substructure of force that, that our society revolves around, you know, a progressive once asked me and, and he had the very similar complaints as this author, he, he could, because he said, listen, like, uh, you're taking away government and or like restraining it. But what about community, Tim? What about all the positive things that happen when a community comes together and stuff like that? Like your, your political philosophy doesn't seem to address that. And I, I said, well, you're right. But Ken, before we can even come together as a community, we have to lower our guns. Like the guns have to be lowered. We can't point them at each other and force these things through. So, uh, you know, the, the starting point, and it was the same then in my family as a father, like I, I couldn't have started out as with this entrepreneurial mindset where I'm providing value to my kids if I didn't take force off the table first and then be left to like, okay, my hands are bound now. I don't have this, I've taken this tool out of my toolkit called initiating force. Now, what do I do? And it took me a while to figure that out. Um, you and know, I don't so know if an why... objectivist, uh, manifesto has something to say about how I should have shown up in my kid's life, but, um, I kind of doubt it. Right. Well, so I, my understanding is that the non-initiation of force principle came out of objectivism, but I could be wrong. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, okay. So then they would have something to say about, uh, like they, they do have something to say about how to show up in life generally. And that's what I want to try and hone in on again is like, why is the, the initi initiation of force wrong, right? Like if, if there's not a good explanation as to why, then it doesn't seem meaningful, right? And so the view seems to be that, oh no, it's because of the fundamental, fundamental nature of man that they should act in a certain way for themselves and that they should act in a certain way with one another. And so, but to say the starting point is we have to act in a certain way with one another isn't the right starting point in my opinion. And again, it comes down to like, what is the, are the guiding principles? So like the, the values in philosophy are reason, purpose, and self-esteem, right? And then there's virtues and it's like, okay, well, if you're, if the right way to live your life is to pursue these things. And I mean, fundamentally, it argues that reason cannot function when there's force. And so that is why the initiation of force is wrong is because it destroys someone's means of survival, which is their reason. And I mean, I could be not getting it perfectly right, but at least there is a, a and, and I mean, that tracks, uh, you know, right down to what they argue is the fundamental, fundamental nature of man as man. Um, and so there's like a, a reason why force is wrong rather than just force is wrong. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, that, that may be true. Um, you know, but there, there are people that aren't re that don't have the capacity to reason and we sh still shouldn't initiate force against those people. Um, you know, uh, necessarily. Well, so, right? No, we shouldn't initiate force against anyone, but. Every, like, but why, why shouldn't you initiate everyone, force against those people then if they're everyone has no everyone has the ability to reason to some degree and right. then I mean there are I'd say like you know 
almost everyone. There are like literal, you know, psychotics or, or people with autism and these sorts of things. And those are, I mean, there are other cases made for those people, but the yeah. average person, no matter what their intelligence or their ability, they have some ability to reason. Um, but again, that's, I mean, I understand, you know, I don't have the full argument as at flushed out, but saying that, oh, there might be holes in your argument is not proposing right. some other uh, argument, right? So I, why yeah. do you think uh, liberty is an end in itself or the non-initiative? Like, why shouldn't we initiate force against people? Well, it's not an end in, in, in and of itself, right? It's just a, a starting point to allow you to live the kind of life you choose to live. Um, right. Okay. That, so, so that's it. Why? Like you, you just can't initiate force. So, so to me, it's like, <clears throat> it, it's kind of like, and, and this is my, <clears throat> like <clears throat> we had this issue too with atheism, right? So the new atheists came out, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, uh, Richard, uh, or, um, Christopher Hitchens, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse or whatever. And, they made a good case against um, God, against religiosity, right? And and as we saw atheism start to grow, we also saw the state start to grow, right? Now, a Christian can make the same arguments you're making in that you see what happens when we don't have this positive belief system in a God, we get these negative consequences. And, and you know, there's some truth to that, I, I suppose. Like they replaced that God-shaped vacuum in their soul or whatever with the state, and they started worshiping the state. Um, and and you, you you probably do need something positive for people to orbit their belief system around, rather than something negative, which is just like. But 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 then, you know, these atheists, their only contribution was, you know, there's no God, and making the case for that. So. Um, you know, and and libertarians are are similar, and so that there might be a legitimate claim there. Um, but then, what do you orbit your nucleus around? Like, should should you believe in yeah. God then until there's some other positive belief to orbit around? Or? Well, so like in objectivism, each person is an end in themselves. So you should like worship yourself and your life. Um, in not in like a you know, for lack of a proper term like masturbate to yourself in the mirror type way right, right? but like um in a in a very complete way but i think also like the the analogy with atheism and the, arg doesn't and the argument hold out. the wait so the the analogy with atheism doesn't hold out because atheism is a scientific approach it's based in observation right like there is no no conclusion that leads us to god so why would we conclude God? But I think that right. there can be observations that then lead to the conclusion of liberty. And so, but you'd want to ground those, right? So right. God cannot be grounded. I think liberty can be grounded. So I actually think that libertarianism is more analogous to potentially creating the problems that atheism causes because it's ungrounded, um, like God. Whereas if you ground it in why, what can we observe that leads us to conclusions of liberty, um, that is a right. and, 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 and so libertarianism is similar to atheism in that it says that the, the um, you know, through 
just logic and observation, you can you can see that initiation of force uh, is ungrounded, right? Statism is ungrounded. Like it, they're extraordinary claims that cannot be supported. Like there's no evidence that humans that call themselves government have extra rights uh, than everyone else. There's there's no like it, it the the whole idea of of positive rights uh, violates the very definition of rights in that they're universal obligations. Well, you can't have those be universal obligations. So they're self detonating claims in and of themselves. So so libertarianism that's why i say libertarianism is kind of like atheism in that it says listen all these claims you're making are untrue they're false you know and and so so but the legitimate thing here is that okay now what okay so we've right. taken force off the table and yeah us libertarians we don't have a lot to say after that okay and so then i guess fundamentally i'm wondering do you think that's a problem both, you know, for your own sake, like you're being associated with people who have probably some of them horrible, horrible, you know, views. I don't know, but I, you know, some might, might. And but also in terms of actually growing a political movement, you know, not having a positive message to offer. How do you get people to buy into it? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think there are positive stories to be told about what about um how societies that have more liberty have more flourishing, right? So all the things that you want are in more abundance, generally speaking, when liberty is present, right? Or, or you know, I guess when statism is absent. Um, so, so I think that you know, and and that's a challenge, right? Because I've noticed that that it is difficult to attract people to a, a negative message of like statism sucks. Right. right. As opposed to liberty's great. And and so, you know, I've kind of shifted to speaking more about the positive stories that occur and pointing to people and things that happen that can happen when when uh, statism is limited. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it is a challenge to to get people, um, you know, because people are attracted to positive um, messages more than anything else right uh mm -hmm. when they're adopting something for the most part although you know now that i say that I, I the devil's advocate in me and says well when people vote they usually vote against what they hate rather than for what they love so maybe you know maybe framing things in the negative is better i don't know but so do you think there needs to be a moral base for any you know substantive movement or libertarianism could manage to succeed based on just well let's test we don't know why liberty works in a first principle sense but we see it works uh so let's have it um yeah i mean i'm not sure i completely agree with your characterization that it's not based in in uh, morality or something like that, right? Um, but it's certainly based in anti-immorality. Um, like, you know, we're against immor immorality. And so that implies... Oh, why is it immoral for me to initiate force? Well, because it, it, any moral claims have to be universally applicable, right? And you can't universally 
um, apply. So, so we can say it's immoral because it violates universality. It, it violates the definition of morality. Because, because you know, anything moral, like a moral rule, has to be universally applicable, right? It can't be what's good for me, but you know, like it, it can't just apply to me. It but has initiating to apply. force is good for me and good for everyone. If we all initiated, well, force. it's not good. It's not good for me if you're initiating force against me, right? And, and, and you can't, you know, you can't simultaneously say that, uh, like, if two people are in the room and they both have the right to steal from each other, it just doesn't hold. Like, you can't, I can't steal from you um, um, and be stolen from and claim that that's moral, right? Like, the, the definition of stealing is violating consent or something like that. Okay. I mean, like, not... like you can't, you can't, you, you can't apply it universally, and and it's self-detonating as well, right? Like, you, you know, Hoppe uses argumentation ethics, I think, brilliantly to dismantle this. That that says, um, you know, it, it basically, essentially, makes the same claims of as objectivism. Like, you can't, you cannot, um, uh, man, I, I'll, I'll butcher it, um, but look up. Hoppe's argumentation ethics. I mean, there, there are numerous ways or Molyneux's universally preferable behavior. You know, there's been a lot of work done to explain why these things are, are immoral. Um, you know, like, unless you want to live in a world that's just simply, uh, power versus power, right? Like nature red and tooth and claw or something like that. Uh, if we want a peaceful world, um, you know, we have to have morality or we have to at least not have immorality. All right. Well, I'm not convinced, but I'm going to read this essay again and, and put some more thought and reading into it. And we can uh, touch on this, sorry, touch on this more in the future, I think. Sure. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, David.